Well, because of you, what a great Sunday we had last week. And instead of uh, going to church and coming to church, we went to be the church. And I want to thank you for uh, all that you did last week to make a difference on that last project. They were hoping to get two rooms completed. They knocked out eight rooms. Uh, those red containers, they filled two of those full. And so what a great, uh, great time. And uh, just thank you for all your efforts. And you're such a great uh, church. And our serve day, appreciate all that you've done. Also, uh, a couple weeks ago, I dropped on you last second without any warning um, a need in our church of a young man, 19 years old, going to his junior year of K-State, first two years at, completed um, here at JUCO, and a young man who lost both of his grandparents in the last couple years. His grandparents raised him. Parents did not raise him. And so really, we're his family. And uh, I just shared a need that he had about 10000 on his school bill to finish that out. I laid it out to you guys. And through your generosity, good job. I can't believe it. I'm just, I'm so thankful to be a part of this church that gave $9,600 to Colt Hahn. And we just rounded off, it's okay with you, to 10000 And uh, his, his year is taken care of this year. He's getting A's and B's already, so it's a good investment. Um, but thank you for what you have uh, given and done. And would you just give yourselves a hand because you guys deserve it. I appreciate all that you all that you did and every gift matter. I was, I was really kind of grateful. I forgot to share this with the first service that it wasn't because someone gave five or $6,000. There was a couple of people that gave a little over a thousand and there was someone that gave $10. It was everything in, in between. So it wasn't like someone, you know, foot the whole bill. It was a team effort. And uh, thank you for the team effort and being a blessing um, to Colt. And uh, I just, uh, I just know it makes a big difference. And we thank you. I, I just believe we're most like Jesus when we're serving and when we're giving. And uh, you did that last week. You've been doing that the last few weeks. Uh, Jesus himself said, I didn't come to serve, but to be, I didn't come to be served, excuse me. I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. So I just think we're most like Jesus when we're giving and serving. And I know that we normally go to church and come to church, but thank you for being the church last week. And it reminds me of the blessing of what we do have here and why do we gather here? Why do we gather each Sunday, whether the 9.30 or 10.45? Why do we do this? Why do all these other churches do this? I think one is to, to praise and worship. And certainly it's good to praise and worship with you guys. It's so good to have those joining us online. I'm reminded that any giving Sunday, we have Kuman in South Korea that's watching. Shout out to Kuman. Uh, we have Noah Starkey in Germany playing basketball. Shout out to Noah. Uh, just thankful that God is able to keep us connected in different ways. And so, um, but we, one of the reasons we gather is to praise and worship, to, to, to glorify and praise God. Uh, I think to encourage, uh, I think it's good. I, I, I like, I I don't come here because I get discouraged. I, I come here because you guys encourage me, and hopefully we encourage one another. But I believe we sum it all up in this way. We gather here because we want to be more like Jesus. We watch online. We, we take that time out of our time uh, because we want to be more like Jesus. We want to we know him better. We want to be more like him. And every sermon is designed with this in mind to help us be more like Jesus. Some are more effective than others. Uh, we, every, every time we open up the scriptures, and today, uh, if you want to get a head start, we're going to Romans chapter 14. Uh, but the, every time we open up the scriptures, the, the purpose and design is to help us follow Jesus, to help us find and follow Jesus. And so today as we gather, I'm also reminded there's a tension in our gathering. Uh, there's a tension in that... Um, 
you know, I think it's been said a long time ago, I don't know who said it, but a pastor's job is to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. And there's that tension that we feel. Pastor Brandon did such an awesome job a couple weeks ago sharing about the tension that we have with truth and grace and how Jesus came full of grace and truth. And there's a tension in that there's this gift that's been given to us, that grace is a gift. But there's that tension that we're also, discipleship comes with a cost. And that's, as Pastor Brandon said, that's not a tension to be solved. It's a tension to manage. Uh, Jesus, uh, his grace was given to us. It is by grace you have been saved through faith so that no one can boast. We can't boast and say that we came to God, we earned God's favor, uh, we earned his forgiveness. No, we were given his forgiveness. We were given his favor. We were given his love. But on the other side of that token, Jesus said, you know, if you're going to follow me, you must take up your cross, deny yourself daily and follow me. There's, there's that tension. Again, Pastor Brandon's sharing how it's not to be solved, but a tension to manage. So today we start a series in that kind of uh, mindset, and I'm just calling this series Tension. You ever feel, you feel some tension in your life? And uh, we're going to start this series today, but we're not going to finish it until October. We're going to start the rest of it. We're not going to do this the rest of the month. The reason is, is I'd like this to be an all-skate. I'd like your participation. Because I have a feeling I could come up with some things that we have tension about in our lives, in our work, in our families, in our world. But I kind of wanted to hear from you. And so if you would go to the hub, you can go to the hub by texting 94,000, the word Hutch. Go to your connection card. Down on the prayer request, you could write down, this is an area of tension, Pastor. I'd love for you to address what the Bible, what the scriptures say about how do we deal with this tension. Um, if you don't want to, you can do that online as well. Also, you can just pull out a card out of your seats in front of you, and you can just write down something that you would love for us to address in, in October, tension that maybe you, you sense that people deal with, that maybe you're dealing with, and if you do it through the box, I and mean, we won't even know who you are, you don't have to write your name, that's, we're just gonna, we're gonna go into a series called Tension, and we'll continue this series in October, but for today, I'm gonna kick it off even though we're going to take a couple weeks break from it. And today's tension, I get to choose the subject. And so the subject uh, chosen for today, you're going to love this. You're going to be so excited about this. The Christian's response to COVID-19. Can I get some excitement in the room? Woohoo! Let's talk about some COVID some more. Let's do that. We just haven't talked enough about that in the last couple of years. So I was hoping you address it today. Your dream has come true. The Christian's response to COVID-19, I think it's a terrible name, COVID-19. I think it should be called COVID-infinity because it just goes on and on and on, never seems to stop. What, what is the Christian's response? What is the church, the big C church's response? What's our church's response? And even, even as I share this subject, I sense that there's probably tension. There's tension because some, for you, the tension is today, I'm so done with this. I'm so over this. I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's not a big deal to me, so it doesn't need to be a big deal. Pastor, let's not make a big deal of this. And then there's tension on the other side that's saying, we should be talking about this more. This is so prevalent. This is such a, a big deal. And, and the things that are going on, there seems to be an uptick that's taking place. So why don't we talk about it more? Why haven't we talked about it more? So let's, let's talk about it. There's that tension on that side. And if you're not feeling any tension today, 
Let me share that it's probably because you're only hanging out with the people that agree with your persuasion and opinion. You're not hanging out with people from the other side. Because, friends, I have to tell you, as pastor, I get to feel this tension. I get to feel this tension from people that I love that feel so strongly about it on both sides. God-fearing, God-loving people, but they've come to completely different uh, conclusions. And I just thought I wouldn't have to preach this message at all if we could just do what I want you to do. And what I would want you to do is for me to tell you how I believed about this, my persuasion is about this, and then you just agree with it. My, yeah, thank you. I got one amen on that one. You just, he doesn't even know where I'm coming from, so that's a dangerous place. So uh, uh, if you just agree with me, life would be easier. Life would be so much easier if you just agreed with me. But you're going to find this surprising. I know this is going to be a shocker to you today. A lot of us don't agree on this. Isn't that great? Isn't that a shocker this morning? Newsflash. We are all over the map when it comes to this. And, but the reason I share this subject is my biggest concern is, is for our responses because I believe it's so important that we protect the unity of the church and our witness. Uh, Jesus said, they'll know that you're my followers by the way that you ag- agree with one another. Okay, at least, at least I got one head shaking, paying, listening, where one person's awake in the room. He didn't say, you'll know you're my followers by the way you agree with one another. He said, I'll, you, they'll know you're my followers by the way you love one another, despite our disagreements. I mean, think about it. Our marriages, do we always agree? <laughs> not hardly, not even close. Uh, what, what, it's, it's how we love despite our disagreements. And so my, my concern is for the unity of the church, for the love of God's people. And so I, I brought the pastors together and I said, hey, would you help me with something? Would you help me give some general stereotypes and generalizations of how people feel on both sides of the issue? And, and so if you don't like what I say next, would you please go to another pastor and talk to them? Um, I, I said, give me some generalizations and stereotypes of, you know, the two groups of people. And I said, first of all, it's not two groups of people. There's something between everything that you're talking about. There's a little bit of both here, a little bit of both here. And, and so here's the problem with generalizations and stereotypes is it doesn't always fit. And so it leads to misunderstandings. I could go to an Arrowhead Chiefs football game with my Broncos jersey on, set between all these Chiefs fans, and they can just be, call me nasty names, be dirty to me, and, and, and I could walk away from that experience and saying, all Chiefs fans are jerks. I could do that. But that's the problem with the generalization of stereotypes. And because I pastor a God's good sense of humor, uh, a church full of Chiefs fans, uh, I know that you're nice misguided, but nice. And so that's the problem with generalization and stereotypes. So as I share these generalizations and stereotypes, I hope you'll understand there's some weaknesses to it. There's some limitations to it. They're, that's why they're called generalizations and stereotypes. And so I, I asked them, and this is what we came up with. We came up with two groups. There's more than that, but a pro-mask, kind of pro-vaccine group, anti-mask, anti-vaccine, and what we say about one another, what each group says about the other. If you're kind of pro-mask, pro-vaccine, you're saying about the other, you're, uh, you're saying about the anti-mask, anti-vaccine, you're selfish. 
You, you don't care about people's health. You're an uneducated conspiracy theorist. This is not a political issue. It's a health issue. Just follow the science. Trust the CDC. You're walking in fear. You're not trusting in God. You're, you're living in fear of the vaccine. And, and on the other side of that, the anti-mask, anti-vaccine, you're saying, well, you're judgmental. You don't care about people's God-given freedom. You believe anything the government tells you. This is a political issue. Just follow the science. Now, we both agree on that one. We just think different science. And I'm not saying we're we, what I am, by the way. I'm just saying there's agreement there. Just follow the science. But everyone has a difference of what their science is. You can't trust the CDC. Oh, you're not trusting God. You're living in fear of COVID. So we have these generalizations. And you may be thinking, hey, Kent, Way to go, buddy. Great idea. Why don't you just bring a can of gasoline here and light a match? Be more fun to do that today. I'm not 100% confident in the assessments behind us. But what I am 100% confident in today is this. That people believe what they believe and their opinion is not going to change. You're probably not going to change someone else's opinion and they're probably not going to change yours. We're into this so far that people's heels are dug in pretty deep, and they know what they know, they believe what they believe, and so how do we deal with this tension, and how do we manage the tension as followers of Jesus when we're not going to agree with one another? So the good news is this. This isn't the first time that this has happened in the church. 2,000 years ago, it was happening. And Paul spoke to different churches in Corinth and in Rome and Philippi and others. And sometimes his arguments were for, hey, there's a tension here. We, sometimes it was, we need to solve this tension. Other times it was, we have a tension here. We're not going to be able to solve it, but here's how we manage it. And that's one of those uh, situations today in Romans chapter 14. Paul is talking to the church in Rome, and it's made up of Gentiles. It's made up of Jews. They come from two different persuasions and belief and value systems. They, come, they, they both were raised differently, completely differently. And so they believe and they think differently. And, and there's some things that he's saying, hey, we're not going to come to agreement on this, but how can we as a church uh, love one another? And so Romans chapter uh, 14, verse 1 is where we're going to start today. Paul says, except the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters. I highlighted the word weak because I, I want to address that before we move on because I think it could be a stumbling block to us because no matter what side of the issue you are on, your persuasion is most likely going to put you in, I'm the strong camp, they're the weak camp. I'm strong, they're weak, and I think we'll make a mistake right out of the gate if we start off with, labeling who's the weak side and who's the strong side. So just take that out, accept, the, accept people's faith without quarreling over disputable matters. And I think we can all agree these are disputable matters because everyone's been disputing them. And if you're here today and you just don't think there's any reason, there's no dispute on this, you're 100% right, everyone else is wrong, I got nothing for you. But for those of us in, in, in the rest of us, the majority of us, Resist the urge to put your persuasion in the strong and the weak camp. And instead, let's take St. Augustine's viewpoint. Not to be confused with Brian Augustine, our treasure, another great man. Uh, but St. Augustine who said, in the essentials we have unity. 
In the non-essentials, we have liberty and freedom. In all things, we have love. In the essentials, in, in that Christ's death and burial and resurrection, in, in, in the one God, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, in, in that we're all sinners in need of a Savior, in that Christ is coming back, he's going to return. Those are essentials for us. Those are things we have to, we have to find agreement on. But there's a lot of non-essential things that we got to give each other freedom on. There's different persuasions on how Jesus is going to come back, but we don't get lost in that. What we agree on is that Jesus is coming back, but we don't get worried about how he's coming back. In Romans 14, 2 and 3, Paul goes on to say, one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And we can easily think, okay, these weren't our issues but there's principles that are still applied. So let me change it up a little bit and don't get caught in the camp by what I say first. It's just what comes out of my mouth. The, the one who wears the mask must not treat the one who does not wear the mask with contempt. And the one who does wear the mask must not treat the one or judge the one who doesn't wear the mask. I don't remember which ones I said which one wear, but you get what I'm saying. Don't don't spend our time judging one another, for God has accepted them. God's accepted them both. Here's the good news today. God accepts every single one of us, no matter where we are on this side of the issue. Aren't you glad it's based on his acceptance, not one another's acceptance? Aren't you glad God is the one who accepts? And he accepts our faith when it comes from a pure heart. Moving on, verse 4, Paul says, Who are you to judge someone? someone else's servant. To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. He's talking about the Sabbath. Each of them should fully be convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meats does so to the Lord. For they give thanks to God, and whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we belong to, help me, the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the living and the dead. We see in just a few scriptures here, there's so many things we could pull out, but there's one thing that shouts to us today is the reason we should do things is for the Lord. We should each be convinced in our own mind, but we shouldn't do it because of what we want, what we like, what we think. We should pray about it. We should ask God about it. Our decisions, wherever we fall, they should be done for the Lord. And I know people in our church who fall on the different, far end of the different spectrums of this side of the issue. I, I know they prayer warriors, they love God, they're sincere in, in their relationship with God, yet they 100% disagree with one another. They need to each be convinced in their own mind, but whatever they do, to do it for the Lord and, and not for ourselves. The emphasis is on the Lord. Romans 14.10, you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? 
for we all stand before God's judgment. There's enough judgment and condemnation without and contempt without the church adding to that mix. Uh, There's enough cancel culture to cancel everyone out. And, And friends, we as Jesus followers, we can't be part of the cancel culture. We can't cancel those who have canceled us. Because Jesus didn't cancel anybody. What Jesus, the only kind of canceling he did is he canceled the debt of sin that we owe him. He canceled the debt of our sins. He didn't treat us the way that we deserve. But he took upon the punishment upon himself and, and, and he, took it up, he, he took it for us. He canceled our sin and our debt of sin. Romans 14, 11, Paul goes on to say, It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account for ourselves to God. Not to one another. We're all going to give an account to God. Therefore, let us, not, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of your brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed by what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your own eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Do not by the decisions that we make do it in a way that we're going to hurt other people. We're going to hurt their faith. We're going to be a stumbling block to them. I'm not talking about someone whose faith is strong and they've been walking with the Lord for 50 years and you do something. It's not going to deter their faith from walking with Christ. But we got to recognize there's people all around us, people new in their faith on both sides of the issues, and they're looking at things and it can be a stumbling block to them. What might be acceptable for you to eat or drink or what might be acceptable for you to do may be a a, a tough and a stumbling block that someone else shouldn't do or participate in. Paul said also to the church in Corinth, he says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you have freedom doesn't mean you should use your freedom to to walk on other people and hurt them or, or be a stumbling block to them. Verse 16, back to Romans. Therefore, do not let what you know is good to be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, or I'll bring it back to this, the kingdom of God is not of a mask or not mask, but it's of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What are we known for? What are you known for at school, in the workplace, in the community? Are you known for what you believe about the issues of the day? Or are you known for your righteousness, peace, and joy given to you by the Holy Spirit? What marks you? What identifies you the most? What your, what your convictions are that you share with everyone? Or is it the joy of the Lord and the hope that you have in him? Romans 18, I believe it is. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God, 
and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to mutual to peace and to mutual edification. It's easy. It's easy to bring division. It's easy to tear people down. It's easy work. Anyone can do that. It's hard work to unify. It's hard work to bring peace into a situation. It's hard work to bring uh, uh, unity into a situation. Anyone can tear down. Anyone can bring division. But it takes effort and work and sacrifice to build people up. And then verse 20, Paul goes on to say, Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food or for whatever sake you believe in. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. I think that's a good word for us today. Oh, Pastor, are you saying don't ever stand up for your beliefs, your convictions? If you don't stand up for something, you'll fall for anything. There's a, a balance to everything. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I think there's, I think there's a, a word here, keep between yourself and God, is let's pray more. Let, let's, let's pray more. Let's, let's do less talking and more praying. This is convicting for me. I was thinking last week, uh, this last week, I was with a, a coffee situation, and I went into that situation, I made a bet with myself. It left me confused, because I didn't know if I won or lost, because I made the bet with myself. And the bet was, I bet in 10 minutes, we're going to be talking politics or COVID, one or the other. We're going to be talking, in the first 10 minutes, we're going to be talking that. I couldn't believe it. It was like a miracle. We went a little bit over an hour before politics or COVID got brought up. It was amazing because that's not most of our experiences these days. It just, it seems to come pretty quickly. But if, if, if we could just do more praying and less talking and if we, could, if we could think about how we could pray about these things and ask God to help us and less criticism of one another, I think the church will be so much better off. And then There's just a few more verses I want to share because they were so good from chapter 15. Paul says, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. By the way, don't get caught up in that weak thing. Again, don't put yourself in a camp. And not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbor for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Friends, it's better for us to be insulted than to do the insulting. And I think we as Christians, if we could think of ourselves more like a sponge and less like rubber, we would be so much better off. You know what I'm talking about? I had a sister who was five years older than me. We had a lot of fights, a lot of arguments, a lot of name calling. You just did that as brother and sister. But because she was five years older, she took advantage of me being young and dumb. And we would get to this place of our insulting, and she would pull the trump card out, and she would say, I'm like rubber, you're like glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. (laughs) And I believed it. And so it bothered me. I'd go off and run into my mom or whatever like that. And because uh, she was, con- I'm, uh, you're the glue, I'm the rubber, whatever you say. We don't want to be that. It's easy to insult. We need to be sponges in God's kingdom. 
Jesus took insults upon himself. He took undeserved criticism. He took undeserved abuse and harsh treatment. He gave us an example, and we'd be so much better off, church, if we were the sponges and we took more insults than we gave out. And then these last few verses I love, last few verses. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance taught in the Scriptures, oh, the Scriptures are good. They give us endurance. They give us encouragement. They provide we might have, that we might have hope. Who doesn't need hope these days? It comes from us enduring it through the Holy Spirit. It comes through the encouragement that we get through God and through his word. May the God, who's the giver of this, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that of Christ Jesus had. That we are the people that God has given us what we need. He's given us the endurance, the encouragement, so we can share that encouragement and endurance with others so that with one mind, this is the result, this is the reason we do all this, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That with one mind and one voice, no, we don't always agree, but with one mind and one voice, that we might build others up, that we might encourage one another up. And finally, verse 7, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. That's a good word. Accept one another then. Accept one another. This is the summary of the story today. Accept one another, build up one another, and please one another to the praise and glory of God. Accept one another, build up one another, Please one another. Some of the things we do for others, it's not going to be pleasing to us. It may not make sense to us, and it may not be our preference or like or whatever. And I'm talking about disputable issues, not things that are essential. But where we can, let's accept one another. Let's give each other the benefit of the doubt. Let's build one another up. Let's please one another to the praise and glory of God. The goal is not to agree. The goal is to love. Because we're never going to agree. But we can love. We can aim towards loving as Jesus loved to the praise and glory of God. So I want to leave us some questions today. It's kind of some of the take home of what do we do with this? So I have a few questions for us to think about. Am I showing contempt for those who disagree with me? Am I standing in judgment of them? It's so easy today, friends. It's so easy to get behind a screen on a computer and it's so easy to get on Facebook, social media, and it's easy to get off our point and shout it out and everyone get to hear what we're thinking. It's easy to make a point. It's hard to make a difference. And it's easy to get people in our camp and we can put it out on social media and we get all these people who are like, you're awesome, you're great, yes, that's good, yep, I'm with you, I'm with you. And then you get a few mixed in there and saying, you're an idiot, that's why you da 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 we're just going to be preaching to the crowd. We're not going to change people's opinions. We're not going to, they're pretty entrenched. And let's be honest, we're pretty entrenched in what we think and believe too. Am I showing contempt for those who disagree with me? Am I standing in judgment of them? More questions. Am I fueling the fire of division or am I pouring the water of peace? It's easy to sow seeds of division. It takes work to sow and to give water peace. Third question, is there anything, 
Is there anything I can do to remove a stumbling block or an obstacle to my neighbor on the other side of the issue? There may be something, let me just, I didn't say this in first service, but there may be someone here who just feel very strongly that for different reasons, you know, I'm, I, 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 I won't, I can't, I'm not going to get the vaccine. But could I put a mask on? I, I don't like that either maybe or whatever you may be saying, but could I do it for the sake of others and not myself? I'm not saying my way is the right way. I'm not saying I'm so wrong on so many issues. And again, I wanted to blame the pastoral team if you don't like anything that's being said today. We talked a little bit about this. And so anything you don't like, go talk to them. Things you like, come talk to me. Um, but this is just what I've just decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do is if you got a mask on, I'm going to have a mask on. That's not just here, but that's at the grocery store. That's somewhere else. If you got a mask on, and for some of you, are going, you're not going far enough. You just need to be wearing it all the time because that's the right. We can get into the judging one another, but uh, the, the idea is could we, could we do something for someone else, not be a stumbling block or an obstacle? Could, could I put this on? And so, uh, you know, I'm just looking around. Most honestly, you probably don't feel as comfortable in this room if you got a mask on. I want everyone to feel comfortable. I'm not saying everyone needs to wear them, but I think it'd be good if more of us wore them, not for the sake of what we believe or our convictions, but for the sake of our brothers and sisters who have their feelings or, or things. Let me, let me move on. I'll get stuck there. Could I assume the best in others instead of the worst? If I'm on the other side and I'm like, everyone should get a vaccine, it's, it should be mandated you get a vaccine, and, but someone may, for whatever reason, health reasons or, or personal convictions may choose not to, could, could we assume the best in them instead of the worst? Because I believe this, doesn't mean I write, this is just my belief, I believe everyone's doing their best. No matter where they are on the issue, I just think people they're doing their best. They're, they're making decisions on what they feel is best, on what they feel is best for them and their family. And could we just assume that people aren't out to get us and they're not against us, but everyone's doing their best. They're, they're trying to do the best for what they feel is right. Yeah, there's some ways that we can't bend or whatever. Could I, could I pray more about it instead of talking about it? That's, that's for me. I mean, all these are for me, honestly. Could I pray about it more than I, instead of talking about it? Number four, are my conversation building walls or bridges? Number five, are my words tearing people down or building people up? The bottom line is we want to accept one another, build one another up, and please one another to the praise and glory of God. Because, friends, I believe we're most like Jesus when we're serving the needs of others and not our own, when we're giving to the needs of others and not to ourselves. So I guess... I don't know. I'm just trusting that God's going to help us and he's going to speak to each one of us about what's something that we can do to build a bridge and not more division. What can we do to sow seeds of peace? How can we believe the best in one another and not the worst? How can we be a light in this world so that when we go out there, we're different? Not better, different. Refreshing, salt, light, hope, encouragement, that we want to be those kind of people for the glory and the praise of God. Will you stand with me today? Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for your church. Lord, um, I know the enemy would, um, he's divided this world. He's divided our country. He wants to divide the church. 
Lord, would you help us to be the people of God? Would you help us to ask the question, not what does my brother or sister, what do they need to do to fit my needs, but what can I do to help them and serve their needs? And can we just admit that we're probably not going to get this right? We're going to get a lot of things wrong. But Lord, would you help us to get love right? Help us to get love right. For your praise and for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your week. Hope to see you next Sunday.